Welcome to Season 6 of the Great Quotes for Coaches podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping coaches, teachers, and leaders of all types become their best through the use of quotes. I'm your host, Scott Rosberg. Each week, we'll discuss inspirational, impactful, and motivational quotes to help you become your best as you work to lead your teams to become their best. So make sure you've laced them up tight, you're focused on your target, and you're ready to dive in to today's great quotes for coaches. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Great Quotes for Coaches podcast. And today we are into another of our Change Your World themes. Uh, Those of you who have been following us for a while know that we're in the middle of a, um, uh, a series of 10 episodes, and this is the sixth one, uh, but 10 episodes uh, that I'm doing based on, um, uh, e- each week is a theme based on the book Change Your World by John Maxwell and Rob Hoskins. And uh, I had said in the episode prior to the first episode, I think I probably talked about it in the first episode of the series too, that um, I had read this book about a month and a half, two months ago now, and um, it just was giving me all kinds of signs uh, about a variety of things, but uh, mainly about something that I am really wanting to do, I've been wanting to do for the last few months, quite a few months now, and um, I've been working toward it, but not working enough at it, and it was like, this is telling me I got to do this thing, and um, so you're going to be hearing about that at some point here down the road in about five weeks or so. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to um, get it going. It's still, I'm still in my infancy stage of it. Um, I'm still working to see how I will get it off the ground, but I know it's something that I need to do. So, oh, there's a tease for you, I guess. But today... We're into chapter six of the book, Transformation Happens One Table at a Time. And I I had mentioned this title uh, of this chapter last week at the end of last week's episode. And I said how in the prior week's episode, I had talked, I had mentioned how uh, Maxwell and Hoskins had six pictures uh, in that episode. So that in that chapter, so that would have been chapter four. And, um, you know, and they were just, it was showing the, the kind of the progression of transformation. And the, one of the last ones, the last one was a table. And, um, and so this chapter is about what they call transformation tables. And while it could be metaphorical, and it is in its own way, it's also literal. They literally have created transformation tables, um, in their organizations. And um, I'm going to get to it in just a second because it's mind-blowing how many people have been at these transformation tables. But they start the chapter saying, the table is a place where everyone helps everyone improve. And he's talking about transformation tables there. But he is also talking about, think about tables in your life and how important they have been. The dinner table. I grew up in a house where we had dinner, my mom, my dad, my brother, and I, pretty much every night of the week, 
other than on nights when, you know, something was going on where some of us were out. And eventually, once we were teenagers and life was taking us in different directions, um, it didn't always happen. But for most of, even even through that time. Then again, that was the 1970s, 1960s and 70s when I was growing up. And so life was a little different, but uh, that was a huge part of my life is sitting around a dinner table and we talked, we'd eat dinner and you'd hear about each other's day and things like that. It was a huge element of my childhood and of my growth. And, um, and it's one of the things that it's, it's a shame that it isn't that way so much anymore in our world. Um, and I think that has had a, a negative impact on much of, you know, the way, um, life has gone in the last 40 years. Um, you know, it's, there's all kinds of things that have happened and that happened, but, but that's one of them. I, I, I really believe that, um, sitting around the dinner table with family is a, is a really important thing. Uh, but think about other tables. Uh, they, they mentioned conference tables at work. Think about how many times people are sitting around, you know, learning, getting ideas, tossing out ideas, having meetings, whatever it might be. Uh, a lunch table for, for those, you know, at schools, um, you know, and we as teachers in our teacher's lounge would sit around tables, but the kids themselves sitting at the lunch table. Uh, you go out to dinner with people, you're sitting at tables generally. You know, I mean, there, just think about all the places where sitting at a table with other people, what it does, it creates community, it creates interaction, engagement. And you're going to see a lot of ideas on that here in this episode. He said the most, they said the most dramatic, penetrating and long lasting changes I've ever seen have come around a table with a small group of people. This was Maxwell speaking. And then he has a section that says life is better at the table. As I mentioned, they talked about dinner table, conference room tables, other types of tables. And he said, it's also said that the fastest way to find common ground with an enemy is to sit at a table and break bread with them. Change happens around the table. And then he talked about his nonprofits and, um, and probably Hoskins as well. But I think he was talking about his own, Maxwell's. And he said, they have made values-based training the centerpiece of community transformation by gathering small groups of people around a table or in a small circle, to discuss and share the values they are learning and putting into practice. Listen to this. We have come to call these small groups transformation tables. They have had 1.3 million people have sat around 200,000 of these types of tables throughout all the years of them in their various non in his various nonprofit organizations creating this concept. Holy cow. Over a million people have sat at these. They do these all kinds of work all over the world to help all kinds of people in all different countries create leaders and leadership plans and growth plans and this is a huge part of what they do. So obviously they have had some success with this concept of transformation tables. He uh, mentions Sheryl Sandberg, the COO of Facebook. I don't know if she still is or not, but said, talking can transform minds, which can transform behaviors, which can transform 
institutions. Yeah, that's really good because it starts with us talking with other people. Then the next section he had said was titled Come to the Table. And he and he breaks it into um I think it's six, maybe seven. I can't remember now. Um, little, you know, headings, smaller sections, starting with the first one. Transformation tables start small. He said, "Big things come from small beginnings. A movement can begin with a single person, you." One of the fantastic things about transformation tables is that anyone, anywhere, can start using them to create transformation. There's no organization or education or formal training, you know, or, or not even a lot of people need it. You just need to be able to answer two questions, he says. Do you think your community will improve if you improve yourself? Do you think others want to improve their lives? We'll be back after a quick break. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. If the answer is yes, you're ready to start. You can begin with as few as four people, he says. That's where they, they like to start it. Just invite three others to the table, commit to growing together, identify what you want to learn, and get started. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you... Um, a place where you can go to get information directly from Maxwell um, on this. The second one, transformation tables provide common ground for people. He says everything good in human interaction starts with common ground. It's where connections are made, relationships built, trust is formed around shared values, and progress begins. Transformation tables provide the fertile soil where growth happens because they offer a place and time for people to gather for a common purpose. He even talks about a, a person who's taken this, uh, one of the, the many people, you know, all, all those people they've worked with, um, but who's taken this concept of a transformation table, Tina Singleton. She has a nonprofit called Transformation Table. Anyway, they talk about several benefits of being at the table together. The first one is proximity. He says, you may be able to impress people from a distance, but you can impact them only from up close. Now, this is one where I might actually disagree with Maxwell, only because of this. I know that nowadays with Zoom calls, um, you know, video, various video conferencing, uh conference calls, you know, all kinds of, you know, distance types of things, we can still be impacted. Heck, I'm being impacted by this, this man, John Maxwell. I've never met him, but his books have done wonders for me. And so I don't know if I fully embrace this concept um, that you can impact them only from up close. I get the, the power of being up close is that much better. It's like when, um, it, you know, as I speak for proactive coaching, it's so much better when we are there in person. It work. There's just so 
There's a different energy. There's a different electricity that, that happens. Uh, people can ask questions. Whereas if they pick up a video uh, or uh, we do it over Zoom, it's just not the same. And those of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about because we lived through the pandemic and so much distance and online work and Zoom, Zoom calls, um, you know how much better it is in person. Well, so I, I totally buy into the concept, but I still think you can be impacted. He goes on, transformation is personal. It requires the investment of one person into another. The most effective facilitators of transformation tables are open, authentic, and vulnerable. I uh, love those words. And that's something that we as coaches often struggle with, being open. A lot of us are authentic, uh, but a lot struggle with being vulnerable, especially, especially a lot of us um, male coaches. And I think it's a mistake. You know, uh, all the work by Brene Brown has shown us the power of being vulnerable and showing vulnerability. And I don't know what, when in my career I started embracing it, but I did. I, I didn't early in my career, but once I did and I would let my kids see, yeah, you know what? I'm human. Yep, I made a mistake. That's my, my bad. Early in my career, oh, I couldn't let them see I, I made a mistake or that I was human in some way. But when you get vulnerable, it breaks down barriers, and it breaks down, breaks down those walls that we sometimes have up, whether we want them up or not. And all of a sudden, kids or, or people on your teams, whatever you know type of team you have, they start to see that, hey, you're human and that you're part of this and you're not above the fray, so to speak. The next uh, part, he said, so the first was proximity. The next is environment. He says, motivation is overrated. Environment matters more. We become like the people we spend our time with. And then the rest of this little section talks about that. And it reminded me of the Jim Rohn quote. I might butcher this. I didn't, I don't have it in front of me, but it's, um, we become, uh, you know, like the five people we are, are around the most, something along those lines. You know, we're, a, we, uh, we are a combination of all of them. And it's, you see this all the time that the people that you spend the most time with have the greatest impact on you. So who are you hanging with? We say this to kids all the time. You know, who are you associating with? Because that is having an effect on you. Do you want to grow? Do you want to become the best you're capable of becoming? Then you better be around people that are also wanting that and are willing to help you get there and willing to hold you accountable and you willing to do the same with them. Whereas if you have, you know, people who are not that way, it's going to be really hard to, to grow in the way that you want to. So think of anything that you want in this world. You want to surround yourself with people who are like-minded or like-focused. The next section was repetition. He says, change is never instantaneous. It takes time and it takes repetition. And then he spent quite a bit of this section, um, actually the next two, the, the, uh, and the next section, uh, talking about James Clear's Atomic Habits book. I've talked about that in my uh, in these some of these episodes last year, year a couple years ago, because that's one of the best books I've read. I read it, I don't think it was 2022. I think it was 2021. Um, anyway, sometime in the last year, year or two. He says, habits are based on frequency, not time. And then he starts talking about James Clear. James Clear says, one of the most common questions I hear is, how long does it take to build a habit? But he says, but what people should be asking is, how many 
does it take to form a new habit? That is, how many repetitions are required to make a habit automatic? If you have not uh, read Atomic Habits, okay, so you got to read Change Your World. That's the whole point of this. But you also need to pick up Atomic Habits by James Clear. So many great things in there. Maxwell goes into the next section, transformation tables reform and reinforce people's identities. And again, he starts with James Clear's Atomic Habits. Clear said, your identity emerges out of your habits. You're not born with present beliefs. Every belief, including those about yourself, is learned and conditioned through experience. More precisely, your habits are how you embody your identity. The more you repeat a behavior, the more you reinforce the identity associated with that behavior. It's interesting that I'm saying this right now because I am right now reading a new book, a different book, by another guy I've talked about, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, and it's called Be Your Future Self. I talked about personality isn't permanent before, and now I'm reading Be Your Future Self. And this is the exact concept that the entire book is about. You create your identity, all right? And how do you do that? Well, one way is, you know, your the behavior. The more you repeat a behavior, the more you reinforce the identity. In, in um, uh, Dr. Hardy's book, Be Your Future Self, he says, you want to figure out who do you want to be, and then you start creating that identity. You become your future self by creating the identity you want to have. Well, you do that by repeated actions. And that's what Doc, what James Clear is saying here. Clear goes on to say that the best way of achieving change is to do it from the inside out, whereas most people attempt it from the outside in. He says they emphasize outcomes, which are external, or they focus on processes, which are the next layer deep. Instead, they should focus on changing identity first. Clear says many people begin the process of changing their habits by focusing on what they want to achieve. This leads to outcome-based habits. The alternative is to build identity-based habits. With this approach, we start by focusing on who we wish to become. Progress requires unlearning. Become the best version of yourself becoming the best version of yourself requires you to continuously edit your beliefs and to upgrade and expand your identity. We had a great concept from James Clear that Maxwell and Hoskins um, talk about here. Next, transformation tables connect awareness to application for people. He said, this is a key. Everyone is asked to contribute at the table. Why? If you've ever tried to lead a team or work with a group where one of the team members refused to talk or engage, you know how frustrating that can be. Disengaged people rarely grow or stimulate growth in others around them. But when people are open and engaged, incredible things can happen. You probably know exactly what we're talking about. When we do our core covenants with teams, it's critical, or any kind of team meetings, it's critical you get everybody involved. It, it, because it just it, things break down if you don't get everybody involved in, in, a team, in a team setting like that. They said, in this way, everyone holds one another accountable. It is through these intentional actions that change becomes permanent. Repeated application by each person compounds their improvement. So good. Next one, transformation tables give people a way to track transformation. Talking about his leadership and his personal growth journey, Maxwell said, instead of asking how much he was, he went for quite a few paragraphs talking about, 
you know, his own personal growth journey, how that started and, and how it went. And then he gets to a point, he says, instead of asking how much longer will this take, I started asking myself, how much farther can I go? I was no longer focused on reaching a destination. I was focused on developing my potential, an ongoing journey with no end in sight. I don't know how old he was when he wrote this book, but I know, I think he was in his 60s. And, uh, you know, where he's in, I mean, he's 70 something now. Uh, He might have been in his early 70s. I can't remember now. Uh, But he's saying, there's no end in sight in this. I mean, I want to always keep growing. It led to his statement on the law of process in his book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, another book I'm in the middle of right now. Leaders develop daily, not in a day. That's so good. Uh, He talks about Ben Franklin saying each morning would ask himself, what good will I do today? And then when he went to bed, he asked himself, what good did I do today? As people engage at transformation tables, there's two important things to keep in mind for tracking their progress. Consistency. So you want to work at it every day, every week, something like that. And then the second one, ask yourself, does this value help me become the person I want to be? Does this behavior work for or against my desired identity? Values that conflict with a desired identity are not helpful. The values people learn and live must help them grow toward becoming the best individuals they can be. When you track your progress, it's easier to see your progress. In fact, the next chapter is going to be all about that concept right there. It's a fact that people who track their progress are more successful than those who don't. Coaches, uh, you ever stat things in practice? I'm sure you do all kinds of stats for your team in games. But if you start tracking things, stat, you know, tra- tracking different things in practice, and you start watching, you'll start to see patterns happening. And uh, it's like, oh, and, you know, the whole concept of, you know, what you measure, you know, what you're what you measure is what you will then really start to grow and develop at. As I said, you'll see the title of the next chapter coming up here. It's right in line with that. So, yeah, very important that we track the things that we're doing, tracking our progress. And then, um, excuse me. And then the last section uh, is transformation tables help people do life better together. He quotes John D. Rockefeller, who said, don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. People who learn good values at transformation tables become the kind of people who care, who will help others, and who can be trusted. And this is how he wrapped it up. He says, at transformation tables, and and each of the things I'm about to read will be its own kind of line in the book, as you'll see if you get the book. He says, at transformation tables, people who who desire to improve their lives gather and new relationships are formed. Beliefs are discovered. Perspective is shared. Discussions give help. Questions are asked. Answers are found. Trust is given. Vulnerability is appreciated. Values are practiced. Good habits are formed. Self-worth is increased. Forgiveness is experienced. Attitudes are positive. Responsibility is accepted. Priorities are identified. Broken relationships are restored. Servanthood is lived. Generosity is shown. Courage is activated. 
Commitments are made. Initiative is encouraged. Integrity is valued. And lives are changed. Boy, wouldn't it be great to be at a table like that? Well, you can be. Every one of us can be. We can create these in our own lives, in our various areas. Think about doing this with your teams, these types of things with teams. Again, it doesn't have to be a sports team, but with the different teams in your lives. And so then they they wrapped that. That was the final thing. And then they wrapped it up saying, ready to sit at a transformation table? Are you ready to look at yourself, admit where you need to grow and work on it? Are you willing to invite others to the table so they can join you in this growth journey? If you're ready, step into the process. And they tell you, you can go to changeyourworld.com for materials and information on starting your own transformation tables. And I went and checked it out. looks like a pretty cool site. I just was able to to take just a moment to check it out, but uh, I want to delve into it a little bit deeper. So, So yeah, so that's the concept of transformation tables. I think there's some really good things in there, whether you ever do transformation tables or not, which it would be cool if you'd try it. But the ideas in here, the concepts in here, definitely can benefit you and benefit your teams. So... All right, next week we move to chapter seven. And I said, you know, I alluded to it a little bit just a few minutes ago. That chapter is called What Gets Done Gets Measured. Something that you've probably heard before. Fits right in line with what I was talk what I was talking about, as I said just a few minutes ago. So so yeah, that's that's gonna be good stuff right there um, for all of us. So come back next week for that on the Great Quotes for Coaches podcast, and we will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to today's episode please do me a favor and leave a rating and a review and then subscribe to the podcast. Ratings and reviews and subscriptions are really helpful in getting more ears and more listeners getting a chance to hear podcasts. What we want to do is spread the messages of hope and inspiration from these great quotes to as many coaches, teachers, parents, and leaders of all types as possible. Also, check out our Slam Dunk Success site at slamdunksuccess.com and the Slam Dunk Success YouTube channel, where we have much more for you to help you on your road and your journey to success. I look forward to serving you again next time with another great quote for coaches.